podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the greatest podcast ever hosted by Matt and Andy. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. I am a security officer and I've had enough of this. If we were guilty, we wouldn't even be here right now. Mm-hmm. Odo. What about Odo? <laughs> Just don't forget, you know, because... Don't forget about Odo. All right. Uh, what an episode we yeah. watched today. Really something else. Yeah. Let's, let's get our early opinions out of the way here. Uh. Andy, would you have them watch this episode? I mean, I understand the haters, but I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Watch the Odo scene on YouTube, skip the rest. <laughs> you can't say that. You can't parse it out. Yeah, but like, isn't that the only part you were talking about? Probably. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's like, otherwise, I'm not sure there's any danger. <laughs> the, rest of it, the rest of it is an office meeting where you don't know what any of the things involved are. <laughs> God, it was. Oh, you, uh, you guys got to work out the invoices, huh? Oh, I, see. I was certain I missed something. <laughs> I was certain. I fell asleep watching the episode, and then I yeah. woke up, and then uh, O'Brien was solving the problem, and I was right. like, "This doesn't track." I'm gonna finish <laughs> watching this and then rewatch the episode, and I rewatched it, and I missed nothing. I like dozed off one of those quick like 30 second doze offs that you think was like an hour yeah it was one of those and uh, there was no further explanation of this puppy probe alien that loved computer hot computer action (laughs) I was like this doesn't make fucking any sense and it still doesn't all right anyway yeah I definitely want to watch the scene where they quote figure it out not figure out that there's a puppy but figure out like okay here's how we get the puppy into the doghouse that i'd like to watch that scene again because i that was i don't even i don't even think they know what they were doing admiral's club here we go welcome to the admiral's club matt how do they get into the admiral's club well you walk through that door right there this this one or this one well, it's, hang on, that's not that one. That, nope, hang on, not that one, excuse me. Let's go through the other one over here, and then, oh, there you go. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admiral's Club. Matt, how do they get the Admiral's Club? Well, Andy, it's again through the same door I just explained to you. But if you're not on board the ship uh, and you're listening, you may... Go ahead and leave a five-star podcast review. 
wherever your pods are caught. And uh, you'll be in the Admirals Club. And then maybe Andy will read it on the on the on the show. Like right now. What are you gonna read? I'm gonna read one from T Troyer two ten. It says, how am I just now finding this? Holy crap, y'all are the best Star Trek podcast I've found. Can't wait to catch uh, all the way up. Y'all made, I mean, this guy sounds like he's from the South, so I mean, I'm just going to I'm just gonna take a, take a stab here. do it. <laughs> y'all made season one or two bearable. Look at me. I am the Admiral now. Oh, no. <laughs> a little trip action on there. Um... And then... Andy's excellent <laughs> corner. It's gonna be shit. And then friend of the track pod says, set your savers... Saves, uh, he didn't say this or she didn't say this. Set your phasers for fun. This podcast got me through seasons one and two of Star Trek Picard. I always get excited when a new episode pops up in the feed. Keep up the good work. Frank Sinatra, come on. Uh, You know, I... Uh, if I was just a listener of the show, yes, I I would be annoyed too by how often we forget the order of our own show. Sure, um, but this would this would by far be my favorite Star Trek podcast. Is it? Is that, this is a crazy statement. Is that a legitimate statement? Yeah, it's a legitimate statement. I mean, I guess it makes Have sense. You heard you are, other Star Trek podcasts? It's your voice. Whoa, I don't, I don't think that's fair. I know there are some good, funny ones out there. That yeah, are, that there are, are, but you know, I feel like we're gooder and funnier. <laughs> this is an this is an unexpected moment of cocky swaggering from Matt it's not Myra. Cocky swagger. It's just that, like we 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 we're here. We do it better than everybody. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this is crazy. Our content is better. I can't believe what I'm hearing. We know how television works. <laughs> we have a deep, deep love for the show. This is astonishing. And uh, virtually in the in play, five five plus years we've been doing this. <laughs> Go ahead. What was the last thing? And we play enough clips that you really don't have to watch. You can just listen. This is uh, I. This is very. Uh, I. I don't know if uh, there's 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 something going on. If you've uh, something some great happened today, Henry did a great thing. No, <laughs> nothing. A- nothing great. I mean, I'm just like I'm like our podcast. I'm not. Look, I don't want to tune our own horn. Yeah, everyone who listens to this knows I'm not a big horn of the self. No, I don't know that you've ever tooted your your this this particular horn. But like. <laughs> get real this is like it's a fun show about star trek eh, with some good knowledge and uh overall a great time the audience participation is excellent i don't understand why we're not the most popular star trek podcast i really don't i, really don't. I cannot believe this this is i mean so i get atypical. like i get shuttle pod like i uh-huh. get it okay we're not we're not colin Trenier. you know we're not we, we weren't on enterprise okay right sure Delta we Flyers. We're not Delta Flyers. Yeah, right. we have stiff competition right now right. of cast members who've decided to get into the business of podcasting. Right. right, yeah. You stay on your side of the camera. We'll stay on ours, okay? <laughs> well, even drawn the line with the cast members. He is feisty today. This is a also, crazy. Uh, I'd be glad you to be do? on any show, guys. Go ahead. <laughs> Happy to guess. Have to do a guest spot on any any of your Star Trek. You really laid the groundwork with that rant. <laughs> it's not a rant. It is like a. It's like a. It's like a, it's a truth. It's a self truth. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> Honestly, 
It keeps doubling down and doubling down. It's so amazing. Look, man, I'm the other co-host. You're not going to get an argument out of me. The only thing I will say is we are a bit of a trash fire like yes, you said yourself. We are. We, are. we don't we don't edit. If it's we raw. Were, it's it's a mess. I don't if, know what the hell I'm saying half the time. I think if we were like polished and reined in and like edited, sure. I feel like we I don't know that we'd get more listeners. It would be a better show for sure. Uh-huh. I don't know that we'd get more listeners and the fact that that's a fascinating question. And if this was a tight, that, uh, tightly yeah, run ship where we cut out a lot of the extraneous shit, makes me what, not where want would to put the be? effort into editing it. <laughs> well, this, I think this is now, also, we're, now, like, we're getting, when I was, now we're getting down to why you why you went on this rant in the first place. This is all a justification no. for less work. Look, when I was a podcast <laughs> listener and not a podcast doer, I always uh-huh. like didn't like. It was like I didn't care. Don't cut anything out. I don't listen to the whole thing. It was fine. It was great. Right. I loved the. I think I there's a the mid-ground. I, I hear what you're saying. Definitely, definitely, it's like there's a certain amount of fuck-ups that are fun, particularly if the attitude is right, which ours oh, isn't always. But, right. um, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think there's a mid-ground of like, all right, you guys could have you could have you could have tightened this up. Look, but, I uh, simply came into the Admirals Club to say, <laughs> why aren't more people listening to us, kids? It, get the word out. It's interesting you should say this. Oh, I'm with you. Uh, certainly get the word out in any event, no matter how bad or good we are. Um, but uh, it is interesting to to note, I don't know if this is, this is going to be a bring down. I've noted uh, just a trend in this last time that I checked where there were a couple of four-star reviews. And I was like, huh, that's odd. And they were four-star reviews that were like, had critiques. Sure. I got to say, at least one, which was just like, oh, this person is barely literate. I'm not going to. I'm not going to take this one too much to heart, but uh, it was interesting that they would go to give us the four. They're like, I'm going to give you the four. I'm not going to give you the five. You don't have to put this on air. Uh, Here are yeah, my sure. thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, interesting. That's valid. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Um, anyway. But that said, thank Matt, you, thank you. Club, for listening. Matt, you know what, Matt? You just made it into the Admirals Club. With All that, right. With that statement. I did it. <laughs> Finally. Let's get out of here. And that was the Admiral's Club. Sure was. Let's go where people appreciate us. <laughs> the United Federation of Planets President Circle. Circle, 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 circle. I, look, have you listened to audiobooks ever, Andy? On occasion, yeah. Yeah, how long are audiobooks? They're know. like, you know, if you're unabridged, that's Honestly, like seven to nine hours. Like, it depends on the book. If you're like right, Stephen sure. King's It, unabridged probably right. would be like, yeah. if I had to really guess, probably like 30 hours or something like that. Right. But like your average book, your 250-page, 300-pager, yeah. is only like nine hours. Right. Which is only three episodes of our show. That's how much content we're putting out. Well, certainly, no. Yeah, I. It's. It'd be interesting to know if any other Star Trek podcast is beating us on no. quanti- on quantity. <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> that I minute, would agree no. with you. <laughs> minute for minute, no way. <laughs> but if if we weren't putting out enough content, you could get more of it in the President's Circle. It's true. Go to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Support the show. It's currently our only job. Uh, Andy's back with me in the old. <laughs> Permanent hiatus line. 
what we call the penalty box, except there was no penalty. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're looking forward to, you know, getting more content out there for you guys. But, yeah, there's a ton of extras. Right now we're going through Picard in the Patreon. Uh, season 2, it's been a hoot. I texted Frakes last night, had an exchange with him about the episode that we just watched that he directed of Picard. Someone was requesting uh, an Ask Frakes. I could probably for... make that happen. I could. Mm. I could. Yeah. But will I? That's a good That's the question. That's a great question. Are you going to get the word out about this podcast, everybody? Then maybe, uh, you know. I, I actually might suggest maybe we do it now because we don't know. <laughs> Where, where are uh, where our feelings about uh, Picard are going to go from this no, point forward? Uh, Frank C and I, we have a we have an understanding. We have an understanding yeah. with each other okay. of whose fault what is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've been in the business long enough. Yes. Uh, anyway, President Circle. You are, not only do you get the extra podcasts uh, every month, but you also get priority one access to the hails. And uh, if you do one that particularly tickles Andy's fancy, you'll get your Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Who's getting it this week? This week, uh, there are going to be two of them. One is from uh, our old friend, Tom Bondurant, who says, at the end of the episode, Cisco orders yellow alert for the next 26 hours because that's the length of a Bajoran day. Made up time, plus time we know. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Good point, uh, Lieutenant Bondurant. And then uh, this is from our friend Joe Moore. Uh, says, note, uh, if read, please use best Scottish accent. Uh, oh, a happy smiley God. face. <clears throat> oh, it's Andy's accent corner. Andy's accent corner. Andy's accent corner. Animo Andy, tú puedes. It's going to be shit. This is good. This is giving a little little tea up for this one. <laughs> Hello, Andy. Love the last TS9 podcast. Hope you and Matt are doing well. Something quite silly just crossed me mind <laughs> while listening to last week's show, and I had to share. See you touched. Thank you for all the great work, Joe Moore. Oh, gosh. Let's... Really leaned on it. I this think I really nailed it. I, assume is the... I think I walk, I walk on the streets of Edinburgh. Nobody, nobody can tell the difference with that accent. I well, think like, you're not talking. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I walk and talk to myself like a crazy <laughs> person weird. on okay, the right. streets. Of, I don't know. Uh, this, is <laughs> so the, this, is, this is the don't you, right? Correct. Correct. Here we go. Don't, 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 don't you forget about What is not Oh, man, it is the it's the sound drop that's sweeping the nation. I mean, don't forget. I got to tell you, people have gone apeshit. Like the the comments were just so plentiful of people who like like love the crap out of that theme. Just like they get it. I see. I have my finger on the pulse of uh, of the Star Trek fan. I don't know why we're all not listening to me and Andy more. <laughs> <laughs> You're really selling it to the people who are already listening. I know. I know. <laughs> Matt, what you got to do is go out and give this rant on other people's podcasts. That's what yeah, you got to do. I know. I'd have to pick up a phone, though, and text somebody. <laughs> um, 
Well, uh, that was Dick Warlock uh, inside the... Uh, the, uh, so thank you again, Dick. Uh, and if I assume you've you've lavished over all the all the compliments, but uh, if you haven't, uh, check it out. Uh, also, I put up the uh, all the recent um, uh, wonderful jingle and soundbite submissions uh, on uh, on the Patreon, and I made them public. So uh, if you want to oh, check them yeah. out, go to our Patreon. And don't forget about oh, oh no. Um, yes. All right, let's move forward, shall sure. we? We're in the uh, priority one messages proper. That's right. I'll play that. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. What's new? Good old Matt Johnson says, by the way, uh, the way that Matt blended the original TNC opening theme into the DS9 theme is epic and flawless kudos. Thank you. Just want to give you some props on that. I appreciate a prop. Uh, Lieutenant Commander <laughs> Lieutenant, <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Zach Wilson uh, says I just looked ahead at the next episode and said oh no <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a lot yeah. of strong opinions the people couldn't wait to express their opinions about this episode even though our format is you comment after you you uh, watch the episode and and uh, and here, here are stupid ramblings. But uh, people just couldn't wait. And then Miles Q. Pulaski, which is either a transporter accident or something way more spicy, uh, hails us, Loxana, count me in. I'm one of the folks who unabashedly, unironically loves her. There's a lot of love for that comment. I mean, um, I get it. I don't, I don't mind a visit from Majel Barrett, for sure. I mean, I've been... But I do sometimes mind a visit from that character. <laughs> so you you would appreciate a visit from Major Barrett to your home. Major Barrett uh, is always welcome in right. my viewing experiences, regardless yeah. of the character she's playing, right? But of the characters she has played in Star Trek, ranging yeah. from Number One to Nurse Chapel to Loxana Troy, yeah, Loxana has the tendency to be in the in the less well-written episodes. I mean, I concur. Uh, I I might have some surprising thoughts for you in this episode, but we'll see. Uh, The ultimate trekker is uh, warming up to Picard after episode two. Um, Interesting. After episode two. I think I already commented on that. That's interesting. Because we sort of on board with the first two episodes. Yeah. Well, I was on board from the get-go because I was promised the series that I wanted from the start. Right. This season three, obviously, we're talking about. Yeah, season three. I think that MVC song... The final season, as they say. What's that? The final season, as they say. I guess that makes sense. At first, I was going to dispute that, but I feel like it probably is the final season... And then if they do something else with the you know, same things they established in this season... Well, they don't have to call up Picard. That's what you I'm saying. What I mean? Yeah. That's what and I'm saying. And also, like, it's like... Honestly, this, isn't, this, doesn't, this doesn't feel like a season three of the show that started in season one. For sure not. This feels Absolutely like not. a different show. It is kind of a... It is kind of a nice aspect of modern television that you can kind of cannibalize the good parts of a show and just go, all right, now we're doing this show. You know? 
Like, um, like if they did, if they did, like uh, they should just turn Picard into Yellowstone twenty four twenty four oh seven. Sure, <laughs> just why not? Just just put him on a fucking ranch. Are you on the Yellowstone train? No, I, I was a I was such a fan of Taylor Sheridan's uh, movies, and then I watched the first season of Yellowstone, and I was like, eh, I don't, I'm not on board. I only watch I only watch a handful of episodes. People love fact, it. So. That's clearly, is I it like it, the? But is it, it the just dad TV or is it everybody loves it? You know, I feel like I feel like it's dad TV. Yeah, at least that's, that's the vibe I get. Yeah. Um, All of my old dad friends that talk to me love Yellowstone. There you so. go. Uh, I didn't even read Ultimate Trekker's comment, which is, I think that MVC song would be number one on the UK charts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's too good for the UK charts, as far as I'm be concerned. Covered by some current TV soap star. Yeah, and then it'd oh like, no, yeah, it'd be like somebody from EastEnders does a classical version of it. Oh no! I gave the the credit to. Now I'm all confused. Dick Warlock and it's Odo Smooth Brow that that wrote it, which I think is Nathan. What are you Haney. talking about? Is it a Dick the, Warlock? The, the 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 jingle itself is Dick Warlock. Huh. Let me see. Unless you named the vial and named it incorrectly. Oh man. Oh yes. Okay. Yes, it is Dick Warlock. So it's. Oh, I see. Wait, did he change his name then? I can't tell. Was Odo Smoothbrow a different person? Now I'm all confused. I don't know. It says Odo Smoothbrow. Thanks for playing the track, guys. Also hearing my message right back in Andy's Secundan Australian was the most wonderful. Odo, Odo Smoothbrow might have done the other track. Now I'm all confused. Uh, We're all confused with you, Andy. All right. Well, or unless Nathan Haney has an alternate name. Whatever the case, Dick Warlock and Nathan Haney are they definitely the people doing these the uh, the NBC one Eric Peebles says I'll believe imaginary creatures visited DS9 before I believe there was a 5 6 200 pound fire hydrant playing third base in the majors <laughs> about well Buck- by that time Buckeye. it's it's, it's uh, you know does he actually does his build look that different from Jose Ramirez listener well, that's what I was going to question is like, isn't that a baseball player? Also, like, does it, does it, let's talk about Pablo Sandoval, who uh-huh. arguably has a worse physique. Right. Pablo Sandoval, who famously took a swing at a ball in Toronto playing for the Red Sox and his belt broke in half. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, couldn't sustain <laughs> the pure, you know, manliness of Pablo Sandoval. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. There's a uh, great, there's a great history. He definitely looks in baseball. You know, I don't think it's his shape looking. I don't even yeah. know if it's his shape so much as his demeanor is so friendly and kind of like you know cuddly, <laughs> at least the way he plays it. That that seems more atypical to me. But Eric, uh, I already read that. Uh, Bazaruski self sealing stem bolt vendor uh, says uh, TBF the canon around baseball suggests that this was pretty close to the end of it all so it's possible that they weren't exactly getting prime athletes that was his theory for yeah. but I agree with Matt's stance um, 
I can hear you, Clem Fandango, a.k.a. <laughs> Luke P. <laughs> yes. Tells us. Uh, I'm surprised that Andy didn't recognize Rumpelstiltskin from something big as Michael J. Anderson, who played the man from another place slash the arm in Twin Peaks. To be fair, he was in heavy makeup. Um, yeah, this was a huge miss, and other people commented on it. Um, he was in makeup. I should have identified him. However, I'd say it's more that he was speaking forward. He wasn't speaking backward. <laughs> to me, his voice sounded different. Um, but But, wow, I feel like given... That it is, as I've said, you know, if you're casting somebody for a certain stature, it's, you know, your your pool of talent is more limited. Um, Michael J. Henderson should have been, uh, you know, a bigger, uh, so to speak, figure in the in the acting world. He's a, a tremendous amount of range and nails it. Mm. Anyway, um, I guess uh, he's going to be. A dinklage of his time, you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, he's yeah, he's, they're both little people, but I believe yeah, but they transcend fair their stature. Yes, and uh, could play third baseman in the future if they wanted. Listeners, well, that's the other thing. We don't know. We don't know if there's different. You know, we don't know what's going on with hormones in the future. We don't know if the rules of the game have changed. Like, uh, um, Lucas S says, my favorite song. Oh wait. Oh, here we go. My favorite, uh, favorite spelled the British way, the English way. My favorite song is Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, upside down happy face emoji. I randomly came across a video of a hap- of happy gay couples set to this song on YouTube. Um, sorry, I randomly came across a video of happy gay couples set to this song on YouTube when I was 18. This was the summer between high school and university. I was a confused teenager who didn't know who he was or anything. This was 2007-era YouTube, and I've never been able to find the video again. The lyrics hit deep, and the um, imagines really warm my heart. Um, Iris has been my favorite song ever since. I might never be able to hear it the same way again. Ha ha. Saying after hearing it our way. P.S. City of Angels is one of the most okay movies I've ever watched. <laughs> Only watched it because this song was made for it. Also, how are your nipples, Matt? Oh, my nipples are uh, contained currently, but let's hear it. And I don't want the world to see. My nipples! Because I don't think that they'd understand. My nipples! I think it's been a it's been a long road for us transforming completely into a morning zoo crew show. <laughs> hey, it feels like it was like a it happened quickly. <laughs> you think so? It just happened yeah, all. Once. I don't know. Like I'd, I'd be interested, I guess, to go back and listen to the first episode because I, there can't be any sounds in that. Well, there's nobody sent us anything. I wonder if in that first episode you're even deciding to uh, to put the uh, the uh, the warp engine hum underneath. <laughs> or oh, if we took, decided that took that a little after. while. It took a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Richard Firth uh, addresses uh, the issue of uh, washing your vegetables before peeling. He sent us a link from the CDC and says, yes, uh, for Matt, you should wash your vegetables before peeling. 
um, sort of, I don't know how you describe this, I, this emoji. It's kind of like a closed here, eyes okay. with the tongue out emoji. I see, I see. Yeah, I guess if there are pesticides on the outside and you remove skin adjacent to it, the pesticides have a much greater chance of absorbing into the vegetable that you're about to eat. Well, and that's probably why they recommend washing before peeling. If you want to do further research, I've sent you the link. I don't care to do what the CDC I, I says. I didn't think you. Ever. <laughs> why are you constantly... What is this I love, feud you constantly I love have freedom. with the CDC? I love freedom. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> um, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison. Kidding. I love science. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a Star Trek show. Of course, you love science. Just so you all know, you really would have enjoyed being um, in the in the what is it command deck? What do they call it? Where, where, what is the where everybody hangs out and does what they have to do? It's not the bridge in DS9. Ops. ops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would have loved being an ops in this episode. Just a bunch of people talking about what they're going to technologically do. Um, command Master Chief Robert Garrison says. At times, I do despair of you, too. You know how I love you? Uh, you know I love you. I don't want to put in English on this, Command Master Chief. Uh, you know I love you and love the show, but how is it you don't remember Snark Theater, a segment you created, named, developed, and even came up with bits for? Will you reopen the P.O. Box so I can send you to <laughs> some Ginkgo Biloba? I don't, I don't remember it. <laughs> And then was it Frederick, the was it the, the the sketches that we would do at the end? I don't think so. I I I was creating. We were doing some sketches at the beginning, but I don't think that was yeah. Snark Theater. I think we would just sort of go into a side a, a side tangent, a side scene that had a segmentation where maybe we were on. We were characters on the show, but we were commenting on the mistakes of the show. Look, it sounds whatever it is. It sounds very creative and, and like one of the best Star Trek podcast bits ever. When Matt was talking about how we're the best uh, Star Trek podcast at the beginning, you were you were talking about having having us try desperately to recall what our show is in the middle of the episode, right? Yeah, it's my favorite part. <laughs> Frederick Rombouts uh, adds to that. Speaking of fallen away segments like Snark Theater, the segment I miss almost as much as I miss Frank Sinatra Come On is the Nursagawa Celebrate Five Lines Come On counter. Can we all be on the lookout for some new candidates across the various series? Oh, we got one today. We got a we got a few five liners today. All right, there you go. I kind of was wondering in the beginning whether Kira was one of the five liners. She hadn't said anything. And then she just comes in and, like, it's going crazy. Slowly building the wall against new listeners. Star Trek TNC. (laughs) Um... Frederick also says the spherical ship in Cisco's office is not the Olympic class USS Pasteur, Beverly ship from all good things, but rather the USS Horizon. As Matt noted in universe, it's a Daedalus class starship uh, circa 2167, AKA a few years after the enterprise series and the off screen USS Essex from TNG's power play where Troy data and O'Brien are possessed and seized 10 forward. A crazy episode uh, was of this sh- ship class. Real world, Cisco's model is a realization of one of Matt Jeffrey's prototype sketches uh, for 
the original TOS USS Enterprise. Uh, but I much prefer Andy's theory that Cisco took a ship model and swapped out the saucer section with a baseball. Look, your theory is you can't prove that it's wrong. It is interesting that for the rest of this series, the baseball that Cisco has was given to him by a fake Buck Bacai. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and also like that, his own it, like somehow remained like right after they went on their way. I thought like their their things would dematerialize. Well, who knows? There's one. Oh, I didn't. I guess I didn't use it, did I? No. Oh. Um, somebody was questioning like well, maybe I'll try and find it later so it was basically like the aliens there were also aliens that split into different things like the jack does and everything and so it's like well which ones were aliens were like they each a sentient alien or were they you know I, I, it felt to me like they were like a like a shuttlecraft worth of those aliens like on an away mission that's what I. That's what it certainly felt like when they were having their private powwow. Yes, but it's like, you know, what does the baseball come from? Is the baseball a living? Maybe that thing is a, a sentient being. That baseball that that he has for and the rest of the time. Spying on ops this whole time. Yeah, that's, that's actually a smarter plan to understand humans. Um, that's Mark. Dale. That's Dale. That's Ensign Dale. They made him become a baseball. <laughs> and they left them behind. Guys, come on. I don't want, Do I have to do this? Dale, come you on. You got to do it. We're never going to know about these people unless you stay here and monitor everything they say for the next seven years. Can I at least be a, a talking baseball? Like, nope. kind of a cute You will like, not communicate. Occasionally, you'll be played with when actors need something to do. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just going to be there for business? Oh. <laughs> Mark Brugger says. The songs were amazing, but the best part of the hails was when Matt went silent. When Andy asked about the house size, TV size, and hot dog count as if he knew nothing about it, it is from Matt's other main podcast, Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Matt, Matt must not want it to catch on because it will add time to the hails. <laughs> 1,800 square feet in Minerva Park, Ohio, a few Costco hot dogs, and one from the original Tony Paco's, a 70-inch TV with 55-inch in the adjacent corner for the dual TV system. Mark it. Brugger, president. Minerva uh, Park Village Council. That is the that information that our, all of our listeners on Excellent Adventure throw into the end of their emails. How many, hot dogs, guys- how many hot dogs have they had this year? Yeah. What's the square footage of their home? Uh-huh. How many living beings do they share it with? Uh-huh. And how big are your TVs? How many you got? These are the questions I've decided that I need answers to. You know, it's interesting, Matt, mm. for me, or an interesting thought, an interesting aspect of a thing you wouldn't expect from me. I really laid the red carpet out for this fucking empty point. (laughs) Guess how many hot dogs I have had this year? I would say probably zero. It's March. How many do you think I had last year? Maybe you're not a big hot dog guy. This is where you're leading me. I really like hot dogs. And I don't know if I had a single hot dog last year. Well, that's on you. And... A place opened up that it's, I heard has good hot dogs. That's uh, that's not that far from me. Oh my god! So we'll have to go. 
Is it ever since Tale of the Pup closed? You're like, I can't. Yeah. No, Tale of the Pup didn't close. Did it? Did it? Did. I don't know. Do you a hot dog guy? Yeah, I love hot dogs. But I love You're natural. A baseball casing. fan. I love natural casing hot dogs. Well, nothing that, beats that a... have that have pork in them. Right. I don't like I don't, these all beef. Like these fucking all beef bullshit Dodger dogs. Pass. Yeah. Nothing beats a, a Nathan's hot dog, in my opinion, and it's that snap. There's, you know. Well, yeah, I like the snap, but the Nathan's are traditionally all beef, also. If you guys have other snap hot dogs like Nathan's, you want to recommend, please uh, send them in. Um, Not the actual hot dogs, just the recommendations. No, send the actual hot dogs. No. In. Um. Okay, I'm sending you a link. I don't know if we. I don't know. Well, we'll just watch this one. Uh, this is from. Oh, sorry, we're in the hails. Apologize. We're in the regular hails. We've left. The enlisted men hails. Aye, aye, aye. You're just just running willy-nilly all over my show here. You know, that's the charm that you're claiming everybody's drawn to. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. This is from a new and uh, committed listener. Uh, of our crew, Tristan Luth Robbins, uh, who says, um, I, why is this happening here? I stumbled across this the other day, not sure if it was featured on the pod pre DS9. It's a, I don't know, it definitely wasn't. It's a pair of ads that Avery Brooks did for IBM following his time on DS9. Both are great, weird. This one is regarding the lack of flying cars in the year 2000. Pretty great, quite Cisco. It is the year 2000. But where are the flying cars? I was promised flying cars. I don't see any flying cars. Why? 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 Because billions of people all over the world can work together on the web 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't need flying cars, but you will need a different kind of software. (laughs) (laughs) He's just just pitching out Zoom, you know? We don't need flying cars. We just work together over the internet. What do you mean he's pitching out Zoom? He's pitching out like not working together over the over the internet. Instead oh, of... I see. <laughs> but yeah, where are true. the flying cars? I was promised flying cars. I don't see any flying cars. Why? 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 By the way, I totally buy Avery Brooks being outside on what looks like the Washington. It's Brooklyn the, Bridge. It's Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, screaming about not having flying cars. <laughs> um, sure. All over the world can work together on the web 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You there. I'm Avery Brooks. Won't you stop your afternoon walk and listen to this? I'm doing a one-man uh, Hamlet. Please come. Has he done Hamlet? Oh, I feel he, like I feel like he's 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 done it all. I mean, he'd be great in Shakespeare. Anybody hears of anything, let us know. Um, I'm really making you guys responsible for a lot of stuff today. Deep Space Nine, Worf and Odo. Uh, hi, Andy. This is Anne Muhammad from the president. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I didn't I didn't put it in the proper area. She oh my god, emailed it in. This is Anne Muhammad from the President Circle. Hello, Anne. Uh, the only th- reason I was able to burn through so much content was due to my hometown flooding twice a month and being cut off from work, which meant I had nothing twice to do but month? listen to, yeah, twice in a month. Oh. 
Sorry, not twice. I thought a it was month. like twice a month, like clockwork, and you're still living there. It's like no, no, fascinating that the town I mean, is I'm... like, here comes our flood. All right, everybody, and they know exactly what to do. Although it was oddly, and they ride it out bizarrely, raining nonstop, freezing for Los Angeles, and hailing and mm-hmm. Los Angeles, and <laughs> snowing in Burbank. So crazy. Um, uh, obviously, we don't uh, have the weather that the uh, the rest of the country does. Or world. Um, so much. Uh, and being cut off from work meant I had nothing to do but listen to podcasts. Seven seasons in about four months. Wow. My piece of trivia about DS9 that I'd not heard mentioned, Michael Dorn also played uh, a Klingon in Star Trek VI. He was uh, the Klingon defending uh, Kirk and McCoy when he was accused Colonel, of killing the Klingon Warf. leader. He's actually credited as Worf. Um... Uh, well, on IMDb is and is supposedly our Worf's grandfather. So, yeah. Maw, son of Worf, and Worf, son of Maw, yeah. <laughs> followed by Alexander, son of Worf, which makes me wish Kellar uh, didn't uh, keep Worf in the dark when she knew she was pregnant, so we could have had Worf naming him Maw and continue <laughs> the tradition. Tradition. It's Moog. It's Moog. Moog. Oh man. Just, Best just, Star Trek podcast. I'm just letting. Just letting everyone. Look, Andy just reads things that are in front of him and pronounces them however his brain sees fit in the moment. Moog. What do we got here? You got another clip here? I sent you a clip. Also interesting to me. Of of, of Worf? Yeah. I found yeah. myself awake. Colonel Worf. We all know Colonel Worf. If the gravitational unit was not functioning, how could these men be walking? They appeared to be wearing magnetic boots. Hmm, that piques Spock's interest. Moog, Cardassian, Deanna. I'll get them all. <laughs> also interesting to me was that uh, I still uh, am, am on shaky ground with Maki and uh, Jadzia. Is that the way you do it? Sounds fine. Uh, also interesting, <laughs> Matt doesn't subscribe I've to heard the, it both the ways. right like, way. Honestly, Jadzia, Jadzia, Maki, Maki. Moog is the only way to pronounce that, but <laughs> <laughs> so I found the, found the only one that was the one way. Also interesting to me, it goes on and that was that the Federation trader was Rene Arbajois. <laughs> Give me this one. What is it? Yeah, Rene Arbajois. Arbajois, Arbajois, meaning that Odo and Worf shared the screen four years before Worf joined the cast of DS Nine. Thanks for reading. So true. And Muhammad. Yes, like the prophet. I'm no, I'm not Muslim from Australia. I should have read that before. Also interesting to me. Uh, And then we have a few prime correctives. Several. Oh God, what was I doing? It was mostly me. Oh, thank God. It should come as a surprise to no one. Time for retrospective. Because truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective. Because Matt Andy got it wrong. Blink. Lieutenant Ian James says, love you guys. And as a Welsh listener, I loved hearing, I'm not even going to try. I loved hearing about a podcast from a fellow countryman when talking about the wrestling podcast. However, when you played the clip, I was a bit taken aback to hear a very heavy Northern Irish accent. 
happy toothy mm. smiley emoji. Granted, we're both Celtic nations, but the accents are very different. I'd want you to listen. I'd want to listen to a, a quality podcast of Welsh origin. Give the socially distant podcast a go if you if you want to. I think is what that's supposed to say. Um, Welsh sports podcast, which is thirty percent sport, seventy percent talking bollocks. Um, <laughs> okay, sign. Look, I just here we go. Let's just get some of that. Welsh. Here is from Wales, Tom Jones, and he's magnificent. <laughs> No matter what you say, you find it happen all the time. That's what a Welsh accent sounds like. That's you know the greatest export, <laughs> the greatest <laughs> Wales export of all time. What do you mean? Is Tom Richard Jones. Burton from Wales? Tom Jones succeeds all. <laughs> Supersedes all is what I meant to say. But we um, sometimes is he from? I just want to confirm that I'm right. Yeah, he's a Welsh actor. Uh, I also think Catherine Zeta-Jones is from Wales. Mm. Um, Tom Jones' daughter. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no. um, okay, Kamaraki at Garrick's shop for tailoring services only. Looks around shiftily. Uh, Hells, uh, let me preface this by saying <laughs> I think Andy is great. <laughs> Thank Shirley you for Bassey? <laughs> Roll doll. Shirley Bassey. Interesting. I mean, wow, a lot of great on. great pipes coming out of uh, Wales. Speaking of great pipes, Charlotte Church. Huh. Who else we got here? Anyone? 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 <laughs> anyone? Anyone else? Anyone else? <laughs> roll doll. I mean, brilliant roll doll. Come on. Sure. Uh, let me preface this by saying I think Andy's great. One of my favorite podcast hosts I've ever listened to. Really sugaring it up. Here we go. Uh, however, uh -oh. Uh -oh. he has one little thing he does that makes me just shake my head every uh, bit every time he does it. And that's when he says, universe and not galaxy. Starfleet takes months just to get around their own corner of the Milky Way, Andy. And it takes 80 years at warp from the Delta Quadrant to get home they aren't zipping around the greater universe usually space is really big anyway just a little pet peeve still think andy's great <laughs> thank you thank you kamaraki for uh, protecting my feelings i have no problem with being corrected on consistently dumb things that i say because uh, hopefully by the time i appear to an, an audience outside the show i will have most of them corrected well, probably uh, not that's 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 why i don't like the intergalactic when they say that i know I'm like, guys, come on. Um, We're not hopping galaxies here. Joshua King says... Yes. Andy said, uh, good G, jackdaw was a bold, made-up word, made-up word, but a jackdaw is a kind of bird. Very important. Uh, laughing, crying emoji. Also, it seems to be assumed that the birds Odo were hurting are the Gunji jackdaws, and you both refer to them as ostriches, ostriches, but those are for sure emus. Also, clearly, very important. <laughs> so there you go. I thought emus, it was a made-up word, made-up word. Ostriches are always going to confuse the shit out of me. 
No, me too. It was a made up word. Made up word. It was a made up, uh, made up word. Word you know is the classic. He, he's from the fucking uh, the village. This guy doesn't know from, from birds. I don't know from emus. <laughs> well, where would I see an emu? <laughs> do go to washington square park and look at like the five birds that are there they're all pigeons uh, nobody's gonna say hey i saw a jackdaw down there <laughs> robert mcfadden says this episode struck stuck with me <laughs> when i was a uh, when i saw this as a kid i'm also a large baseball fan so it helped that cisco uh, helps endear cisco to me during this is the kind of stuff that would be cut out <laughs> during the first rocky season of ds9 my question is are there a limited number of these this is where this was oh, god darn it sorry robert it was in the prime corrective area by mistake uh my question is are there a limited number of these aliens or are their powers limited we get footage of them sitting in, around debriefing each other and we also get footage of the birds on the promenade and then they turn into the Latinum extractors that hang on Quark's every word. So does that mean that for every hallucination is a sing- single alien? And if so, does that mean that one of them had to sit outside the station and pretend to be the spatial anomaly threatening everyone? Or do the aliens mm. get to recreate a certain amount of hallucinations? Interesting. Robert McFadden was the one who introduced this. Sorry, we went on our long rant before we got to your hail, but you got your credit. Ensign Dale, the baseball. The baseball. Um, that's it for the hails. If you would like to send a hail, send it to sdtncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading. If you want to tweet at Matt, it's at Matt Myra, or you can Instagram him there. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda, or tweet me at Secunda. Our uh, Instagram and our um uh, Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. For some reason, I always leave that out. And if you want to voice hail us, it's 816 Trek TNC. That's it for that. A brisk 49 minutes. It's fucking, it's true. Uh, thank you, Andy. Thank you, Matt. It's now time for the regular episode proper. So, here we go. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hail made us think of all your faces. So, ploof TNC in your little Borg node. Let's talk about this week's episode. This week's episode is The Forsaken, which aired the 23rd of May, 1993. Andy, what's, what's shaking out there? Matt, let's see. Which one should we do? How about I don't I can never remember. Did we do regret by New Order yet? Or All That She no. Wants by Ace of Base, or That's the Way Love Goes, which I think we have done by Jen Jackson. Uh New Order Regret, here's this. I like the open. You know, it'd be a funny comedy song if it was called Regret 
and it was this long, beautiful opening, and then they start to sing, and they miss the first note, and they're just like, oh, and then that's it for the song. <laughs> Be an amazing comedy song. <laughs> I'm going to double down on that opinion. Do you know this one? No. Uh, number one, so- this is the alternative song. Number one song in the UK, All That She Wants by Ace of Bass. Number one song in the US, That's The Way Love Goes by Janet Jackson. Number one movie, Sliver, starring Sharon Stone. Number one TV show that week, huh, the final episode of Cheers. Uh, did we do that last week? I guess yeah. it's continuing. It was the ratings were so huge it had to go over to another week. Fair. Deaths that week. Jazz musician uh, Sun Ra uh, events. The software source code for the World Wide Web is released for free to everybody. Crazy. NBA Jam is released to arcades. Actress Kim Bassinger is forced to sell the town that she owns after a judge orders her to pay $9 million for, for refusing to star in a movie. That's probably got to hurt today. What? She owned a town? Apparently. (laughs) I want to buy a town. Yeah, if you didn't didn't sell that town, Kim. (laughs) Oh, boy. I wonder how big it was. I would love to own a town. You know what I always wanted? I always wanted, like, an island that was a country. Kind of a Dr. Doomy thing. For what? I don't know. I could build statues of myself and be in charge and tell everybody what's what. Seems like effort, and I'm like, mm, pass. Yeah, that's probably true. But then I would build a utopian society. I would show how yeah. society should be. But it would only be you. No, I no, I mean it would be an island with like a bunch of uh, residents and people that live there. So, like, are, did you bring them to the island, or were they already on the island and you arrived? No, they were already on the island. Then they they held me hero. as a, is that what you're they saying? held me as a hero for you know changing. It was it was you know. It was it was economically depressed, and there were all these problems with yeah. the infrastructure. And then so I you, came in. You bought the island. I fixed it all with my with my smarts. So you didn't buy the island; you just took it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> However, a, a trillionaire does it. <laughs> I bought the election, and then I did good with it. <laughs> all right. There you go. Um. <laughs> That's Look, the, I don't know uh, the kids in the outside. Hire a bunch of smart people, and they would make decisions. That's the Andy Moriarty ticket right there. <laughs> the distinction between me and most idiot billionaires is I would listen to the smart people on my staff. I wouldn't swagger around and tell them how to do it. Well, it depends on what they're saying, right? Like if they were saying mean things about me, I wouldn't listen no, to them. No, but if they're like saying things, you're like, this is, that's clearly incorrect. You can't. No, we're not doing that. I feel like, like you'd. Like, give me an example. Like, like something wrong or something right? Something, like if they were like, we need to get rid of 3D televisions here on this island. <laughs> See, that probably would be a sensible decision that I would ignore. <laughs> and you'd be like, no. He's destroyed the economy of this From island on, by investing. Everything will be broadcast in 3D. <laughs> He's made the economy to produce purely <laughs> upgraded 3D TVs and he's destroyed the island. <laughs> um... Time Magazine covered the latest on Clinton's health health plan. That's it. <laughs> and then we have an Elsewhere in Trek. Okay, okay. For May 23rd. Elsewhere in Trek. Let's see what's out there. Engage. 
TNG episode that week was Second Chances, which aired May 24th. This meant that Loxana Troy was halfway across the quadrant while her daughter had to deal with two Imzadis. Um, Loxana's previous appearance was in (gasps) TNG's Season 5, Cost of Living. Ha! Ha! And she would return in TNG's Seven's Dark Page. Yes. What if the reason Riker was fighting with Picard in the episode is because it's Thomas Riker and not Will Riker? (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I was processing that you were saying Picard, and I was like, you mean in the TNG episode? And then it took me a second to go, oh, you mean in the thing? Oh, wow. That certainly would explain. To be honest with you, that that would seem much more on character for Thomas Riker than than Will Riker to me. That was part of my issue. Do you want to know what we're talking about? Head over to Patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Listen to our Picard breakdown. <laughs> what an obnoxious tease! Uh, by the way, Memory Beta doesn't say anything about Luxana ever meeting Tom Riker, which seems like a real missed opportunity. Uh, I agree with that. Um, uh, would have included a memory later bink, but didn't want to spoil it for Andy. Thank you very much for that. Um, that's it. Let's get in and talk about this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I closed the window that had the episode. Best bo- Star Trek podcast. No, this is my whole <laughs> thing of a jiggy. It's the window. Why aren't more people listening to this? <laughs> Uh, this episode is called The Forsaken, which some may consider yourself when you're forced to watch this episode. You know, it was originally, uh, I noted in, uh, in Memory Alpha, it was originally noted only The Lonely. Much better title for this episode. Much better title. Really. I don't know if they, it was a Roy Orbison issue. They couldn't call it that, but. An alien computer wreaks havoc with the station's systems during a visit from Loxana Troy and other ambassadors. This is a teleplay by Don Carlos Dunaway and Michael Piller, with a story by Jim Trombetta, directed by Les Landau. Here we go. Station log, Stardate 46925.1. We have been honored with a visit by a delegation of Federation ambassadors on a fact-finding mission to the wormhole. Fortunately, I have just the officer to take them off my hands. I only wish there was something I could do, Ambassador. Madam Ambassador. Madam Ambassador. But all the guest quarters on the station are roughly the same size. Well, then move me to the crew level. All the quarters on the crew level are currently occupied. Then someone can move. You, for example. She did the same thing during the voyage here. She's never satisfied. At least I didn't bother the captain every hour with some new suggestion on how to run his ship. He welcomed my suggestions. As I'm sure your Commander Sisko will welcome them, if we ever get to spend any time with him. Well, Commander Sisko is extremely busy. With what? With the recalibration sweep what are you recalibrating mm, everything um it's it's a sweeping uh, a recalibration of all i like that, that vulcan's really into recalibrating sure it sounds technical 
He's uh that guy plays everything, right? That guy's been He's been in TNG. He was the, he was in that first contact episode. He's the xenophobic uh aide to the president. Right. Remember? And he's, he's in, in Ghostbusters. He's, a, he's in Ghostbusters, obviously. Uh, $5,000. I had no, no idea it'd be that much. I won't I pay won't it. pay it. <laughs> <laughs> he's in... Uh, he's a Vulcan... He's a Vulcan in Enterprise, correct? Yes, that sounds right. I don't know uh, if he's one of the main pains in the ass Vulcans. Uh, one of the main ding-dongs, you know. He's got a... He's very interesting. He's got a big... A big bald noggin and he's like so he's got a really big stature like he's tall and he's sort of wide <laughs> but he's a sort of prissy it's like a great persona yeah uh we've got of course uh, his name is michael ensign this color of uh of bashir what do you think of this side of bashir andy how would you characterize this side of bashir I would categorize this side of Bashir as the youthful and experienced side of Bashir. It's my favorite side of him, I it's think. A, it's and a color that they have that they've only previously done the occasional brush stroke with. But here it feels like they're really landed on thick. It's interesting because the sides they've picked of him, one being the creep, one being the sort of youthful ensign, you could kind of, uh, I think, and I think I've maybe even read comments on our, on our, uh, you know, from you guys to this effect that it's like, well, he is supposed to be this young and experienced dope, and so that's why you forgive the other thing. And the only problem is that, like, yeah, but if he's a doctor, you're kind of in a weird area. <laughs> he's like got people's, you know. That's true. You got people's health and and his trust, you know, on the line. The other lady here is Constant uh, Constance Towers, a famous uh, actress from the fifties, uh, most famously from uh, Shock Corridor, which is a weird ass, disturbing Sam Fuller movie. Wow, is that the kind of thing you'd watch at like a at like a dollar movie theater? That's so interesting that you should say that, Matt. Because I had a further story that I was like, nobody needs to hear this story. <laughs> but, <laughs> it really does seem rehearsed then. <laughs> when I was here, yeah, it really does. It was really like a talk show segment. We were like, and uh, I don't know, you ever had any problems traveling? You ever? So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you, you grew up in uh, the village, right? You ever go to those uh, dying movie theaters uh, see anything indie, you know? Interestingly, I uh, took a semester in London. <laughs> an atypical, pointless Secunda uh, personal history story. I didn't want to go to London. I was having tr- I was having fun in the film program, and I was on the sketch show in college, all this stuff. And then yeah. my parents insisted I take a semester in London. They were right because it was good for my sister. It wasn't. It wasn't. They weren't. Well, I guess they weren't really right because uh, no one pushes Andy Secunda to enrich himself against his will. <laughs> and so I sort of like didn't make use of it other than I they have a great film repertory system and I just would take the tube from like theater to theater and just see films yeah. constantly and they had triple headers and they had whatever and all this. It's really wonderful. And one of the films I saw was uh, I think it was Sam Fuller uh, might have been a triple header, but definitely double header. And uh, Shot Corridor was one of them. And um, as uh, as the uh, 
the listeners of the podcast know, Andy's kind of sometimes has a little bit of a hair trigger nausea reaction, and there's <laughs> a lot of handheld going down a hallway shots of a woman losing her mind in that movie, and Andy Secunda's tummy did not agree with him, and he only saw a lot of that movie, not all of it. Andy's got a tummy. <laughs> A first-year officer assigned as our liaison. Starfleet Command will hear of this. Ambassador. Madam Ambassador. First year, he's already Lieutenant Junior Grave. Way to go. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. What's gone, Madam Ambassador? Oh, my latinum hair brooch. Quark. I had just made my third straight cross. I was leaning across the table to pick up the dice again. Something brushed against me, and my God, I've been wigged. What's the problem here? Someone has stolen Ambassador Troy's latinum hair brooch. I'm sorry, but as the sign says, the establishment is not responsible for the loss of any personal items. Sign? What sign? The one above the door. No, uh, this is a nice little bit. To read oh. that. House rules. I'm very sorry. Have a nice day. Uh, you are dealing with the daughter of the fifth householder of the sacred chalice of Reeks, heir of the holy rings of Beta Zed. Up uh, my ear, please. Yes, and I know where it hurts the most, you little troll. Oh. Now, I want this room sealed, and I want everyone in it strip searched until you find my brooch. May I be of service? Oh, oh thank goodness. Our chief of security, Odo. What seems to be the problem? Well, my brooch has been stolen. It's been in my family for 36 (laughs) generations. It's absolutely priceless, and I want it back. You're certain you were wearing it today? Yes, of course I'm certain. I never use this hair without it. I see. You're Betazoid? Of course. Telepathic? Yes. And you sense no guilt anywhere in this room? I mean, I really thought they were going to go the other way and everyone in this room had some guilt. Because <laughs> they're all fucking on this edge of space space station at fucking That's a really far. good point. No guilt in that room. Come I mean, on. It's the frontier. Everybody's done something. I will say the other thing that struck me is uh, fucking Luxana. You ask her, hey, is anyone in this room have guilt? In this crowded room, scan everyone for guilt. No, there's no guilt. Like, fucking Apple fell far from the tree, huh, pal? <laughs> <laughs> Scan a whole room of people? <laughs> Troy couldn't do it for a second. Uh, that I love that scene, by the way. Fucking, oh. this, is, this, is what, this is what I would like to see definitely more of in DS9, but, and maybe we get there, I assume, but I'd like to see it across the boards in more Star Trek series, which is... Odo comes in, they have him solve the crime instantly in an incredibly smart way. Um, the Doptarian thing. He finds the one guy who's, who's similar species to the Ferengi, therefore he's able to block the guilt. He, it, It's just like, it's amazing. He's He sort well, of uses I mean, his brawn to the, kind the of intimidate really, him. The, really, the guy really didn't play it cool. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't a great thief, but nonetheless, Oda wastes no time. He immediately figures out the situation. And I would like more of my Star Trek characters to be badasses like that, to have them be, because we're always sort of getting the sense that they're that the show is telling us they're the best of the best, but we don't really get to see them be the best of the best the way that I would want, particularly on, in um, in Discovery. In, in Strange New Worlds, they tend to do it a little bit more. And in TOS, they definitely did it a lot. And I like it. 
agree. <laughs> the fusion power plant is operating within normal parameters. What are you talking about? It's 13% below normal. 13%. Accept operating efficiency within 20%. Well, I don't. Anara. Yes. That's sort of interesting that the Cardassians How much do you know about carbon reaction chambers? are so threatening, even though they're uh, sloppy engineers. Mm, look, they're just, they're fascists, so they're into deregulation. <laughs> you know? No, what do you mean? <laughs> trail derail, trail, tra you know, train derailments, uh, power <laughs> leakage, they don't, whatever. It's lowest bidder, it's free market economy. Oh, Whatever's clever. You can't. You can't regulate their businesses, but when it comes to their entertainment, I see. The other thing I was going to say is also that, like you know later, what the Cardassians the always say, "Go woke, go broke." That's what the Cardassians <laughs> always say. <laughs> they also, I also thought uh, later in the episode, they uh, they sort of make a big deal about how, like, we can't cut through this door. It's that Cardassian, you know. Basically, they made it too thick, and and it's all defense driven, defense driven. So I thought it was maybe it's just like, yeah, they don't. They care about attack and defense. All the details they don't give a fuck about. <laughs> they like details. I've learned a little about laser-induced fusion. Not much more than the basics. Uh, it's a bloody inefficient system. I tried it in for a Federation model tomorrow if I could. But it's all we've got. Do me a favor. Keep an eye on the exhaust plasma temperature. And let's Computer. keep talking about it for the rest of the episode. Deuterium flow by 5% to reaction chamber 2. It's only two lines. Procedure is not recommended. Look, I've had enough of your opinions, damn it. Just do it. Procedure is not recommended. Consult Cardassian Operational Guidelines, paragraph 254A, now on screen. I don't want to read your tech manual. Fine, we'll do it ourselves. Reinitializing reactor two. There's They're a couple shots a in here where they... Uh, they bring in Rene uh, Bourgeois to, like, walk through the background of a couple of shots when he goes into Cisco's office and when he comes out of Cisco's office and I just was like what a fucking pain in the butt that's a really good point for the actor to have I mean, to at the start of every take of this that, oh that basically what Matt's saying is that he, that means he had to be there for hours and hours while they shot this other scene yes even though he, he does nothing only for walks through and we never would have noticed it. And you could Correct. have just cut to the next scene and he could have just walked in. 100%. Um, one other side thing in this episode, I don't know if this lady becomes a bigger part of the show. It seems like they're putting a lot of chips on this Anara character. Well, let's see if she gets five lines. Oh, yeah. She's only How got two have? so far. Oh, yeah. Two. With all due respect, Commander, as an engineer, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror if I allowed this computer to continue to perform as it is now. I'll have to do a root canal. Root canal? It's engineering shorthand, sir. I'll have to get into its guts and rebuild it from the ground up. How long will that take? Well, I'm still not that familiar with Cardassian technology, but, oh, I guess no more than two, three years. That's going to take a lot of man hours. Is it really necessary? You don't understand. Let's just say I don't have your sensitivity to the computer. That's all right. Forget about it. Uh, Chief! It's all right. It doesn't matter. Chief! I want you to do what you have to do. Thank you, sir. I'll get right I have, I have two things here. One thing is <laughs> I love... Avery Brooks has a couple of 
line readings and way he's playing stuff in this episode that is just sort of because he's not at the center of the action he can just sort of be bemused Cisco yeah which is really fun and like O'Brien storming off in a pouty way and him kind of like like laughing he's like chief <laughs> it's really funny also the uh, when he laughs at O'Brien at Bashir right really, um, really guffaws at that but the other thing is, and then this this look he gives here, this this specific acting in this yeah. scene right here. And this is Ops, the heart and soul of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> oh, very good, gentlemen. <laughs> very well done. The smile as he turns around. But the other thing I was going to say just about the O'Brien thing before we're off it is, is the guy who ran the shipyards really going to you know be giving him guff about? rebuilding the system in an efficient way I mean it didn't sound like guff it's like a little bit of hesitancy minimally like that's a lot of it's a lot of fucking work I think he's like a little bit like me you know where I'd be like you sure you want to do that, that sounds like a lot of work like I wouldn't want to do it are you sure you want to do that <laughs> see whereas I'm more like an O'Brien I get my I rolled my sleeves up I get it done and he's got a sleeveless uh, Starfleet uniform. He just rolls in. Just... <laughs> that way I don't have to roll my sleeves. Yep, ready to go. Commander, an unidentified vessel is coming through the wormhole. On screen. Excuse me. Uh, you'll get a better view from over here. Not only would I have sleeves, I think I would ask for a cape, just like uh, Giancarlo Esposito Quite did for his Star Wars character. That's it? That's the whole thing? Well, yes, it is. I was expecting more somehow. <laughs> the whole answer are just dicks. <laughs> Does any, they always, it's funny how they consistently present bullions as just the worst in every category. They're That's fucking blowhards. True. They're arrogant. They're, they never shut up. They're insensitive. They don't shut up. That's for sure. I think it's crazy what they decide to do here you get this unmanned probe comes in from the gamma quadrant and you decide immediately to connect it to your space station systems very strange download the information it's like can't you just like do you have a portable computer that you could yep. like that's not connected to anything yep <laughs> you just take a look at it with that sure. yeah tow it to 500 meters off the docking ring yes sir at least he doesn't bring it in right Mr. O'Brien, try to set up an adaptive interface link and see if we can download any information from it. Aye, sir. I think it will be best if we clear this area. But this probe may represent contact with a new species. Commander, I think it would be appropriate for at least one Federation ambassador to be present at this historic occasion. And since I have a particular interest in first contact procedures... I appreciate your interest, Ambassador. First contact procedures. I'm scheduling a, a briefing bit of New York in there. In the meantime, Dr. Bashir, the best place to view this probe is from the docking ring near Port 7. I'll show them the way. This is the way. I did it. I did a joke. Such concentration. Such intensity. Such passion for your work. Tracking intergalactic malefactors. Most people find it rather tedious. Tedious? <laughs> no, those of us who've been beneficiaries of your heroism would never call your work tedious. 
We've learned that on this station, you are the thin beige line between order. <laughs> That's really and funny. Chaos. That's my job. Now, what can I do for you? You haven't lost anything else, I hope. Oh, Odo's technically naked. Oh, this is such a good point. All the time. He's technically yep. naked. That's true. <laughs> it's pretty wild. He does a good job at fabric. Hard. I beg your pardon. Is, um, is Odo your first or last name? Yes. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Then dodge, dodge, too. Uh, Odo. It has a certain lyrical quality. Lyrical. Odo. It rolls Odo. off the tongue. Uh, I, Forget I, about Odo. Give me it. Be with? I've heard that you're the only one of your kind. So far. All the men I've known who've needed to be shaped and molded and manipulated. And finally, I've met a man who knows how to do it himself. Uh, is that the calm? I think it is. Excuse me, I've got to get to us. I, I think said, I wish their dialogue. Said, I wish huh? she said. I wish she said the game's afoot. Second, <laughs> 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 he walked out. <laughs> That'd be great. I would have no problem with that. Um. Uh, I don't know. This uh, look, you know. I think I'm on record as really not liking Loxana, always feeling more like the characters feel rather than how the audience is supposed to feel, which is delighted. Mm-hmm. Even before she takes her turn in this episode of being empathetic, I really enjoy how they're handling her. I don't know if there's something about the chemistry between her and uh, Odo that's like, it just seems more natural and right and like they're a great mixture of personalities. Um... Or if they're just playing her with a lighter touch in this episode. Mm-hmm. Or, or if Majel Barrett is. But I'm just more on board. I also feel like the, the dialogue... She's a little bit less obtuse in this episode already. She's like... She sees what's going... She's paying attention to what's going on with Odo internally. And is even being a little bit gentler because she thinks that's going to work better. As opposed to how she usually handles Picard. Which is she's kind of being a battering ram to make him uncomfortable. Um, right. I don't know. Just really enjoying it and think the dialogue is pretty great. It does feel scenes. like the uh, repartee. It does feel like a, uh, 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 mm, I want to say there is, I think there's more chemistry than, than Patrick Stewart. Right. Than with Patrick Stewart. But then I think that's just more chemistry than with Picard. Right. Picard is supposed to be more yeah. defended. So, oh, this scene's cute. Her incident at the bar that I helped her with, and now she's grateful. What's the problem? The manner in which she expresses her gratitude. To be honest, Commander, she seems interested in me. <laughs> What's wrong with that? 
She's extremely aggressive. I see. So Cisco gets to be lilty like and amused through a lot of this episode. Have you thought of letting her Ooh, catch Wanoni you? Wanoni Tracehound. Missed that made-up word, Bordiano. A little romance, Odo. I have six pylons that need a complete security sweep. I don't have time for romantic interludes. Frankly, in my humble opinion, most of you humanoids spend far too much time on your respective mating rituals. It does help the procreation of one species. Procreation does not require changing how you smell, or writing bad poetry, or sacrificing various plants to serve as tokens of affection. In any event, it's all irrelevant to me. I'm sorry to hear that. I would Seems appreciate like... it if you would do something. Seems like Cisco's disappointed that he doesn't. That is like, oh, I thought I might have a chance with you. <laughs> it's like that's the way he's reacting to that. <laughs> to insult the ambassador. A reasonable concern. I suggest you handle the matter with great delicacy. I don't handle delicacy very well. The probe appears to be Three. made out of some sort of Three. analysis of all subprocessor modules is complete. Yeah, did you see? Did you see? Did you see him walk by in the background? Oh, let me see it again. The probe appears to be made out of some sort of corundium alloy. Analysis of that all subprocessor is modules. Crazy. Is <laughs> how, how infuriating would that be? Not to mention, it feels like it uh, causes more problems for the editor because then you have to tie it time. In, yeah, you're locked into that to that order, to that yeah. sign order. Ready? Or scene order, rather. Sign order. On screen. Lieutenant. No science modules, no communication system. And enough computer capacity to run a galaxy-class starship. It's very odd. That's an awful lot of computer hardware simply to navigate a probe. Anything? One. Just the probe's mission. <laughs> <laughs> or any hint of its no, She gets five in when she's trying to talk to Odo in the elevator. Yeah. Sorry, turbo lift. <laughs> ah, there you are, Odo. <laughs> have you ever been on the floor? He should have just... He should have just, just turned shape right there and shapeshifted into the door. <laughs> Would have been amazing. That was the use of his shapeshifting. <laughs> or turned into a houseplant yeah. right in front of her. <laughs> I know it's you, Odo. I can feel your emotions. Wonderful hollow program, and I've reserved a suite for us with that Quark person. <laughs> you told Quark that you were going into a hollow suite with me. Well, of course. He's preparing a special picnic basket for us. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm afraid I'm not available. I have to get to Upper Pylon 3 immediately. Madam Ambassador. Aluaxana. <laughs> uh, upper Pylon 3? I've always wanted to see. <laughs> the choice to knock on the wall of the turbo lift and say Upper Pylon 3 is... Is it because she never she never funny. does it's it? Somebody funny. else always does it? <laughs> is that why she doesn't know? Odo to Wops. Go ahead, Odo. Ambassador Troy and I are stuck in Turbo Lift 7. What's going on? Power to the pylon Turbo oh. Lift has failed. That's four. Oh. We're reading a Turbo Lift failure, Odo. Three. We'll beam you out. Lucky on, prepare to transport. Ready? 
energizing. Doesn't make obviously any, the yeah. Kira thing doesn't matter because Kira's paid as a regular, so she's going to be paid for five lines in it. Yeah, event. guys. So we're just having some fun here, okay? Normal. Don't write into SAG. Complete. I don't get it. Every component of the turbolift power net seems to be operational. We can't find anything wrong with the transporter. Great. Everything's in working order, except nothing's working. How do we get our people out of the turbolift? It's also an unnecessary cross from Anara there. Yep. I'd reroute EPS power flow in a couple of hours, but with this computer, there's no telling how long it'll take. Get it started. Kira to Odo. Yes, Major. Sorry, but you're going to have to stay put for a while longer. She just hit a five. I wish I knew. By the way, Cardassian turbolifts run exposed multi-phased alternating currents through the positioning mechanism, so don't try to shape-shift your way out. I wouldn't think of it. Of that plot. (laughs) Um, I like that they go back to, uh, to explain it. Because it is any any you know nerd would would be like, hey, why? Well, I mean, I, I, we didn't just get. They didn't do that because he'd be electrocuted. He'd be electrocuted. That's why. That. That's why. And then, and then what? He, you know, he'd be fried Odo. Fried Odo. You know, I've always been attracted to quiet men. Odd, isn't it? But maybe there's more truth than we realize to that old axiom that. Uh, <clears throat> This is also, I don't know, this is really beautiful that it's, first of all, what's happening? Who are you? That I like Luxana? That you're like just so on board with this. I just think it's really well handled. It's amazing to me. I, I think I was caught off guard that they portrayed her character in such a, it's like great, not retconning, but uh, um, I don't know. I don't even know if you call it reinvention because it's basically the same character, extrapolation of the character. It's like, this is the character we know. She's acting to Odo the same way that she acts with Picard. So that's the first time seeing this... her without having to deal with Deanna. No Deanna. Um, you could also argue that maybe some of the stuff that happened in TNG softened her. Uh, but she's like more attuned to what how Odo is reacting. I think Odo is a stronger, more defended personality. He's definitely a more defended personality than Picard. And she's sort of sensitive to it. And so like even though she just wants to yammer, he's like putting up a full wall. Like Picard at least keeps politeness up. He's yeah. putting up a full wall. And she has to admit in this moment, Odo, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't be quiet. And and it's kind of almost, uh, it's a little bit touching that it's like, yes, that's how she keeps her own demons at bay. It's the same, it's the opposite of the way he keeps his demons at bay. She talks all the time. Know. Yes. I don't think I can. Can what? Well, you don't have to say another word as long as we're here, but... I, I, I think I really need to talk. I understand. Sounds like in that moment you can see how they would be a good couple. There's nothing to be afraid of. The 
Of course not. <laughs> no, things could be much worse. Really? <sighs> My daughter You're and still I trying were to play the Picard way. Ferengi cargo ship, and it was dreadful. Well, all right, it wasn't actually dreadful. It was mildly lamentable. And it was all because of that loathsome demon. Well, actually, he wasn't altogether loathsome. He was just slightly repulsive. <laughs> but he did have a certain charm. So this part... In an insufferable kind of just way. feels like uh, what we call in the business chuffa. It's just like it, it, this is her just talking because we needed her to keep talking here. And I feel like A, you could have cut away, you probably would have been better. And B, if you're going to ever tell a thing, ever tell something that does reveal something about her. That's what's great about the, the, the conversation with Odo well, later. This does reveal something about her. What do you think it does? Because we, as an audience, know the situation. She's talking about that episode, Menage Troy. Okay. And she's tr- she's trying to like present herself as well she's like she's like softening everything she's saying. You know? She's softening how if that it was miserable. She goes, "Oh, well, it wasn't that. It was lamentable." And then she's like he, he was uh, he was uh Damon was whatever. Uh, he was kind of charming. You know, she's softening everything that she's saying. And what do you read into that? I read into that that she is. She's a she's a kind-hearted like she's she's opening up to Odo. In a way, uh huh. She's not well, putting ha- on, she's not putting on the farce of Loxana Troy, holder of the sacred chalice. You know, I see. You're saying the her guard the manner. Bad. Yeah, the manner in which she's telling the story is a little bit more truthful mm-hmm. than the bluster she usually approaches it with. Mm-hmm. Got it. Of course, he was totally at the mercy of his uncontrollable passion for me, which means he wasn't all bad now, doesn't it? <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't all passion. Um, there was some uh, negligible commercial interest involved, but uh, all the passion, <laughs> that, was, that was perfectly real and, and kind, of, um, kind of sweet in a way. He was so helpless. At, at first, it was totally a question of expediency when I made love with with him. Oh, what are you looking at? <laughs> hmm? Hmm? Oh, uh, nothing. I don't know. I don't know if they're playing uh, that I scene was that just way. Wondering how many was she? I thought she was playing it that way. I think you're right. I think maybe it's Majel Barrett was sort of softening it because she was trying to win him over. But the scene seems to be structured based on the way that it lands with Odo making the joke about, you know, I'd, I'd electrocute myself to get out of here, basically. <laughs> that he's still playing the old comedic beat of a Luxana scene, yeah. which is anyone yeah. does anything to get away from her. Right. Whereas she's softening it. So I think it's a little bit of mixed purposes, and that's why the scene feels a little bit off to me. Think of it as an opportunity, Doctor. You never know when a friendly ambassador is going to be in the right place at the right time to help your career. Another hour with them could destroy my career. It's a simple job. Just keep them happy and away from me. Simple. Nothing makes them happy. They are dedicated to being unhappy and to spreading that unhappiness wherever they go. They are the ambassadors of unhappy. (laughs) All of us have had these assignments, Doctor. Have you, sir? 
As a matter of fact, Curzon Dax used to take perverse pleasure in assigning me to take care of VIP guests. Oh, Was he so as hot as Jadzia? <laughs> Hotter. To me. Exactly. May I ask, sir, when you graduated from this sort of assignment? The day I hit one of the guests. Hit one? It was a simple misunderstanding over his attempt to coax a young ensign to his quarters against her will. But this is, this I permit the kidnapping and a rape, so... <laughs> It's not useful information to, to Bashir because he's the one who would be the creep in that situation. One of them, Doctor. I'm not nearly as understanding as Curzon was. Yes, sir. Commander, can I talk to you? It's about the computer, sir. It's a weird it's side the trip. slowest walk over to a scene I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it matches the episode. This is the thing. Oh, so man. let me ask you. Cisco at this does point, not want to engage with this right now. <laughs> Cisco doesn't want to engage. In, Cisco doesn't want to be in this episode of television, even though he's enjoying himself when the conversations happen. He like all he wants to do is be in his office. By the way, we never see what else. It's not like he's like being interrupted or doing some other important business. Right. <laughs> he's not doing anything in this episode. Um, what? Uh, what do you so we're like twenty five minutes in the the it it's not it's not until uh when is it how far in is it when the plot actually it's about nineteen minutes in that there that there even is any kind of problem that's of concern in this episode how are you feeling when you watch this in terms of plot in terms of your engagement Bored. Bored. like Bored. how far into this episode we are. We're halfway into the episode, and they're really the only... uh, Probably more than halfway. The only impending sort of problem that needs to get solved is, how do we get two people out of the elevator? Right. Now, it's... Because the the ship systems aren't really that messed up yet. Right. It's very interesting, because you have your... I mean, I don't know what you you could make it. It's very interesting that in D Space Nine, also you can you, there's very frequently these episodes you can you could make an argument for either one being the A or B plot, and uh, I guess this is the C plot with Bashir, but the A plot is so boring and kind of you know empty because the heart of it is this I thing about the A was the. Luxana. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying. But wouldn't you say that the thing that's the bigger threat to the station is usually the A? Mm, yeah, but when they're doing this much character work, right? It can be the it can be the B story. But that's where you get into weird areas. The A plot is this character there's story. No stakes. There's no stakes in the in the station story, really. And exactly, and in the B plot, there's no stakes until it's sort of like, oh, things are going wrong. There's a fire. You can't stop it. But it's like it's not. There's no momentum to it. And what I find interesting in DS9, and I'm curious what your take is as someone who loves the protocol and loves the ins and the outs of the, you know, the 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 the, the, the technical details and such. There's a lot of uh, scenes in DS9 where there's almost engineering discussions of what's going on or techno babble. 
and very little momentum in terms of plot. And I'm curious what your take is on that as a viewer thus far. It's dull. It's dull. This 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 these sort of these sort of D Space Nine episodes are the ones that make the later DS9 episodes so much more rewarding. <laughs> I think been, what I because you've been through the dull. Right. And I think what I would and I could certainly see in watching this episode why uh, even though I'm I actually have a lot of positive things that I'm I'm going to probably be getting to uh, is the is I could see why I didn't plug into this series. I could see why a lot of other people who've sort of from the comments have like originally didn't plug into the series. It's like they're not giving you much to wrap your arms around. And um, it's kind of like if you compare it to the thing we've compared it to, which is like a Deadwood-ish kind of a thing where it's slow and it's more of an analysis of the, you know, of the day-to-day uh, uh, outside of the uh, obviously fantastic characterization and, and dialogue in Deadwood. I think there's an element of like the thing that is similar in both of these is like, what's the mundane day-to-day? And now let's really dig into it and find what's interesting and unusual and has like really activates the characters in that mundane day to day. And DS9 will frequently have plots like this where it's like it doesn't seem to be it's not like ooh that's an interesting side reveal about how this world works that's a detail that we never got in any of the other series and it doesn't seem to activate the characters in that active a way. I mean you have you have O'Brien with the, you had a puppy when I was a kid, but we don't really dig into, oh, what is his relationship with this entity? What is this entity's real feelings about O'Brien other than sort of wanting to follow him around like a puppy? Like they don't forward it in any active way. And then at the end, he sends Nor it to do the doghouse. Or they really house. do a great job of illustrating it. Yes, Exactly. It, and it's interesting because it's there and I don't have a problem with them going slower but you gotta do more subspace emitter aligned outgoing data stream activated computer upload all probe command sequences back to probe's computer stand by unable to complete requested function Please abort and retry. Reset subspace emitter. Reinitialize data stream. Receptors open. Control relays activated. Upload all probe command sequences back to probe's computers. Stand by. It's not as easy as I thought it would be, Commander. Is it just the lights or the heat, too? I really was I waiting for her to say a fifth line. She did not say it in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Didn't she already hit five? Or no? No. That was Kira. Poor Nora. I'm really a private man. Yes, of course you are. Is that hair real? It is real in that it is me. It is not real hair. How did you do it? Are you here? 
It took a great deal of practice. You studied hairstyles? If you must know, I imitated the hairstyle of the Bajoran man who was assigned to me. Assigned? To study me at the research center. He was a scientist. You mean that's how you grew up in a laboratory? Uh, I did not grow up as you think of it. It was merely a transition from what I used to be to what I learned to become. I really like that a lot. No. Sounds very lonely to me. I was always very self-sufficient. I'm sure you had to be. Uh, to survive. Being, being so different from everyone else. Odo to Ops. Odo to Ops. <laughs> Cotton lines are still down. I don't know what's taking so long. Uh, are, you, are you sure you're all right? You look warm. There's nothing. I'm fine. Oh, I can't imagine how it must have been. You know, if it bothers you to talk about this. Not at all. <clears throat> wonder if his, if his outfit like is sweating her? also. Mm, good question. Where's the wet? <laughs> I guess you could say I was the life of the party. I don't think I understand. My way of trying to fit in. I found I could be entertaining. Odo, oh, no, be a chair. I'm a chair. Odo, oh, be a razor cat. I'm a razor cat. Life of the party. Made up word, word we know. I guess word we know, word we know. Parties. Perhaps you've been going to the wrong ones. Come to one of mine, Odo. I'll make sure that all the guests are there to entertain you. Oh. No, no, you, you're not well. He really hates parties. <laughs> He's like you. I get it. I get it. No, it's fine. It's just... Uh, I told you I turn into a liquid every 16 hours. Well, I'm in hour 15. <laughs> well, I think you should start turning into liquid every 14 hours so you don't start to look like this. You right? look like crap. I mean, why put yourself through the agony to go the full 16? <laughs> also, like, well, I'm yeah. unclear. There's no stakes here either, because as far as I can tell, yeah. Odo just has to return to liquid form for a bit. Well, that's what's like, he, the, Akira has a line, but if he doesn't get back to his pale in time, and they almost intentionally cut away from the scene before they answer because it's sort of like or what or what will happen is it like he'll drip through the cracks in the floor spread and spread everywhere and yeah won't be cohesive again or you know it's also a little bit of <laughs> it's a little bit of a buy that she collects him in her dress at the end and uh and it's like well, what kind of pl weird plastic <laughs> rubbery <laughs> vinyl dress is that that's synthetic you know yeah works we um, ought to be able to get all the pro yeah all well, that being said i uh this is one of the things that to me is first of all i've been even though this this whatever you call it this b plot about the probe is 
Snoozeville, the um, Warp Factor Snore, if you have that uh, that um, <laughs> that jingle. The um, uh, the backstory on Odo and on Luxana, for that matter, or just the characterization, is amazing and a perfect, again, extrapolation that makes us understand the Odo character more and justify what is a very extreme some might say arch character that he's so stern and all the time and no I always stick to the thing that I have to do and it's you know the, the one little detail about the that people made him do tricks like he was a, in a freak show is like mm. of course this guy would be this heavily committed to a task that lent him dignity and not bent from the from that path it's it's perfect and it lends empathy and warmth to the character and understanding and it's a great connection between him and Luxana um I just think it's fantastic characterization in a way that so many others of the series we're watching particularly a lot of the new ones are like they bring everything to a halt to have a character tell you their story and it's just like alright I mean I understand that you're trying to flesh out that character, but it doesn't touch this as far as I'm concerned. I think it's brilliant writing. Mm. And performance. So now they just have to give a bunch of different tasks to the thing. Oh, there's your line, I think. Attaching leg up. Stand by. Computer. Access musical files in the Bajor Master Data Banks and create a concert program of Bajoran Serenas. Good job, Anara. You did it. Way to go, computer. <laughs> The computer? Are you giving it to Nora? No, that's the computer's Bajoran Sonaris. That's that's what it chose to make. It made the celebrate song. That's what I. Oh, oh, I see. I see. Um, I like that they're kind of howling the computer. That's kind of (laughs) funny. (laughs) It also seems like maybe they wrote her that line because she didn't have five lines. And like, this isn't fair. We guys, she's been so much of this episode because everybody else is giving their distractions to the computer. Oh, so when do they discuss that they're going to distract the computer? Did you process that? No, that's why I rewatched it. And it's not in there. Not really. Because that's why I was like, oh, I guess they're trying to keep it occupied, but I wasn't following. It must be in there somewhere. Terrain One thing that's interesting sh- is that the, the there's a fire down in the hallway, and the first person they send down there is Kira, and this is her, we've already established in the previous episodes, this, that this is her worst nightmare is going down a fiery hallway. Don't send her down there. We have no idea how long she mentions a bipolar torch made aboard where we know Maybe years with that life form alone on board it's sort of like shutting up a puppy in a room which word don't we know we know torch and we know bipolar that's true word we know word we know <laughs> you know i had a pup once if i had to lock him up he'd scratch forever at the door trying to get out i'm not sure i know what you're getting at no one does Pups don't like to be left alone they like attention this one's certainly getting a lot of it that's right. Kind of a flat line. So reading. it's no wonder it doesn't want to leave. Okay, but how is that going to help us? 
Well, everything we've seen suggests that this entity likes to be where the action is. It seems to feed off the energy of an active computer. We've been trying to separate it from what it tries. I think it's because even Jadzia is bored with this episode, this plot. Yeah, no, I don't understand it at all. Turn around. I can't. It's beginning. It's all right. You don't understand. No one has ever seen me like this before. Not even the scientist who was assigned to you? That was different. It was only research to him. But you don't have to be ashamed with me. I'm not ashamed. It's a private matter, that's all. How can I make it easier for you? You can't. I'm fine. This is great. Yes, I like the Melty Odo. She hands him the wig. Dry your face off, Odo. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. That's my essence. No one's ever seen me like this. Why? It looks fine. Up the compliment, Odo. (laughs) It looks ordinary. I've never cared to be ordinary. She looks so much more like so Marina Sirtis there. Even we <laughs> so true. We have to change who we are once in a while. You are not at all what I expected. No one's ever paid me a greater compliment. Now get up in this dress. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> So, I just think that's fantastic. I think that is a fantastic scene. It's about intimacy and relationships and revealing yourself. Might even be a little bit of a coming out story there. There's also this other side, the sea, the sea runner of of Bashir. Yeah. And when they come out over here, I'm like, did I miss three scenes where he was heroic and did such a great job with these people? I guess they just shortcutted the most interesting part. <laughs> it really is interesting. I was like, I was like, wait a second, what? We really gotta put our money on this. All right, everybody, come out. Dog-like of probe. Say something that we didn't see. Everyone, get out. Everyone, come out here and say something we didn't see. Um. Are you all right? Here, take my hand, Madam Ambassador. Watch your head. Please, Julian. Call me Tasco. Tasco. Gardens of Tasco, Mexican restaurant. I actually wondered if one of the writers actually went there a lot, and that's why that's and logical for a man of his years under such severe conditions. We'll be putting him in for a commendation. Well, what do you nice do? It's <laughs> all off screen. <laughs> there was a fire, and I said, "Go in here." Anyway, continue. Please to talk about the don't tell them that I freaked out. Tell them that I was the hero. Um, that's uh really, yeah. Go ahead, you can play it. I just was. Well, it's about time. <sighs> uh, uh. 
I know that wasn't exactly what you had in mind for your picnic. When it comes to picnics, the only thing that really matters is the company. Your sensitivity and discretion are appreciated. Next time you see me, I'll give you a lot more to appreciate. What does that mean? <laughs> Just the bone zone? What's happening? I assume that's what she means. He's into it. He's kind of into it from the beginning. There's sort of a vibe from him that's like, he's intrigued right from the top. Right. And then Bashir says he'll keep the puppy. Whatever. <laughs> uh, O'Brien does, yeah. That's what I meant. Thank you, Andy. Like. That's another weird thing. They're keeping a sentient or- organism. He says it, it's happy in there. It's like, is it happy in a subprogram? I also, I was even surprised. That it seems kind of lazy that they didn't. They don't even say what the subprogram is, do they? I thought it's, they would. It's it's so come up with some fun specific. It's so shorthanded. So badly shorthanded. It's ridiculous. Apparently, Michael Pillar had. Uh, it was interesting hearing the. Uh, I don't remember who the main writer was in this one. Um. But uh, Michael Pillar had uh, had felt like this was a bad draft, and it's funny in the in the um, it's Jim Trombetta came up with the story, and Jim Trombetta was talking about you know how it was like this, and we tried to do this, and then Michael Pillar going, when the draft came in, it wasn't that good, and I had to rewrite it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that many who's the MVC. the MVC? Will it be Cisco, Dax, or Reese? It can't be Worf until season four, but there's a Brian, Bashir, and even Quark. And don't forget about Odo and Borg. What is not MVC? Give me O'Brien? <laughs> yeah. At the same time, it's gotta be it. I mean, uh, Bashir saves the Ambassadors, but O'Brien saves everyone. Or, or unless you, I guess you would have to assume that that the ship is in danger of everyone dying, right? Or the station. I would assume, but it's again not very well illustrated. No. Okay, so that said, I'm glad uh, we agreed so quickly on that. How many Andy says this episode get? This is going to be a tough one because I agree with obviously all the things Matt and I have said about the uh, the pro plot, which is Snoozeville, and the Bashir plot is fine. I like I love, I love a lot of the Avery Brooks reactions to everything. I think the fucking Odo Luxana thing, God help me, is fantastic. I yeah. think it reveals so much about Odo's character. I think it's well played by both of them. I think it's well written. I even think there's this like answers this, a lot of Andy's old questions. A lot of my know? old questions in a way that's subtle and still leaves them room yes. to to build and do more stuff, but in a way that's satisfying that tracks with the characters we've had. It's right. not the way that so often Star Trek's just like we're saying that the character has this hidden layer that doesn't seem to track. It's like oh, that totally makes sense with what we've seen with both of them. And like totally. fucking Luxana is a cartoon character prior to this. It's re- I mean, yes, we've seen her have sort of emotional moments, but they always seem a little ham-handed. This is so moving and touching, and <laughs> there's that moment. 
Um, so even though this is a slow, boring, pointless episode in so many parts, I think it's worthwhile, and I'm giving it a seven. I give it a four. There you go. And the all four points are for Odo and Loxana. Uh-huh. The rest of the episode is like completely pointless. Yep. I don't don't understand that. it. It's poorly explained. The stakes aren't there. The solution is confusing. <laughs> and is anything really at risk? I don't know. So I don't dispute any of that. Uh, all right. Andy, we did a great job. I'm really proud of both of us. Me too. No trailer this week. We once again proved that we are definitely the best Star Trek podcast. By no question. Far. I don't understand why everyone isn't agreeing. Get out remember there my, and tell everyone. That you remember my story about when I yacked at, uh, <laughs> at seeing uh, Shock Corridor? Oh, yeah. boy. That's what, you're, that's, that's what we're all here for. Look, I bet everyone is like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Everyone feels a little closer to you, Andy. It's like the Odo story, really. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Be a chair, and you were a chair. All right. Is it page?